On Wednesday, we were off for TNN, um, but all of the leaders hung out together. So on Wednesday, uh, us leaders, we had a little fellowship, and what we did is we did an escape room. So we went to the spectrum, and we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to divide up into three different groups, and we're going to try to escape. They're going to lock us in there, got to figure out all these clues, and we're going to see which group is the best group, who's going to dominate. And so I went with my group, and uh, we went into this one, which was like ranked 9 out of 10 difficulty. It's like, okay, cool, like 9 out of 10, big whoop, whatever. Um, here we go. And so we go into the escape room, and they ask us, like, okay, do you want us to like prompt you with hints like throughout the game, or do you want to like wait until you need hints? And we're like, hints? Like, okay, like wait until like we need them, but like, yeah, we're not going to need them. Um, like, we're going to dominate this. So we start working on the escape room, and um, how we're starting is, like, in two separate prisons. Um, and so we're, like, trying to, like, get out of it. Um, and so we're working hard, figuring out clues, working together as a team. And then, like, we get stuck. It's like, okay, what are we supposed to do? We've got, like, a bolt right here, and we've got, like, this. It's like, what are we supposed to do with, like, a toothbrush and a bolt? Like, we're confused. We have no idea. And it's been about, like, 20 minutes into the game, and we're like, okay, like... Oh man, we're like already running out of time. And so the person's like, oh, do you need a, do you need a hint? We're like, give us some time, give us some time. We're good, we're good, we're gonna figure it out. And then they're like, no, like <laughs> you should be like way past this by now, you need a hint. It's like, okay, fine, give us a hint. So they give us a hint and then we go through it and then we keep working and it's like, okay, you, you guys are running behind again. <laughs> you need another hint. It's like, no, we don't want the hint. Okay, fine, we'll take the hint. And so we take another hint. And then we work a little bit more, and guess what? We get stuck again, and it felt like every like five minutes we were just taking another hint by the end. Um, we were not doing well. We ran out of time, um, or they gave us extra time, and we took like six to seven hints by the end of the escape room. So we went in super confident, and I walked away being like, Nathan, you are stupid. Um, <laughs> I was like, I felt so good. I'm like, we're going to dominate this, but I realized, you know what? Actually, we weren't very good. Um, we probably didn't do the best out of the other groups. Sorry to the people that were in our group. I guess I'll take, take the hit on that. But we came in super confident, but guess what we realized? We need a lot of help. One area of our lives that I think we need a lot of help that the passage today is going to address is the area of being hardworking. And I think a lot of us, when we think about being hardworking and not lazy individuals, we think, oh, I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a hard worker. I, I do the things that I'm supposed to do. I do my chores. I, I work pretty hard. But if we really were to examine our lives to see our day-to-day, -day, how we spend our hours, how we spend our minutes, if we were to track how much time we spend working versus wasting our time, I think what would be uncovered is a lot of our lives are spent being wasted because we're lazy, because we don't work hard as we ought to. And if you are someone who needs to be a harder worker, which is characteristic of every single person in this room, whether you're hardworking or not, even if you're hardworking, you can excel still more, then there is something for us to learn in this passage today in Proverbs chapter 6. So open up your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 6. Let's learn how to be a hard worker because it's an area that we need help in. We struggle with it. Our natural tendency is to be lazy. We want to just sit back, watch TV, not do anything, yeah, I don't want to go back to school. I just want to keep being on summer vacation where I can just do whatever I want. That's what we feel like doing. Well, how can we learn to be hard workers? Let's look at Proverbs chapter 6 to give us the answer to that question. Proverbs 6, verse 6, it says this, Go to the ant, O sluggard, 
Consider her ways and be wise. So the writer here in Proverbs 6 is saying, hey, you sluggard. Characteristic of writing to someone who's lazy, someone who's not a hard worker. Like, hey, you lazy person. It's like, whoa, that's kind of like aggressive right there. Hey, lazy person, what you need to do is go to the ant. You need to copy the ants. <laughs> Can you give us like a better animal than that? Like copy the lions, yeah. Copy the gators, yeah. It's like, no, you want to be like an ant. Yeah, team ants. Revival 2023, let's go. Like, okay, we were going to be like an ant. Go to the ant. Why? Consider her ways and be wise. Why should I be like an ant? It says, without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. So you see the ants as probably maybe they've infested your house sometime where it's like you wake up in the morning, you see ants just scurrying on around. And everybody's like, well, ants, guess what? They don't have like someone in charge of them telling, hey, ants, go get your food. Ants, go get your food. Hey, Mr. Ant, go get your food. It's like, no, guess what? They just naturally go and get to work. They're scurrying all over the place. I remember being at my parents' house um, and sometimes during the summertime because that's when they come inside because it's hot outside. So the ants come in looking for food and you'll wake up and you'll walk downstairs and guess what? It's like, man, Ants just like circling all around and they're into the cupboards with the food and going doing all this work. And it's just madness. Like, man, there's so many ants and they're all moving, doing stuff. And they don't need someone to tell them what to do. They're preparing their bread in summer. They're getting stuff ready for the wintertime. They're hard workers. Goes on. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? So contrary to the ant who's a hard worker, say, hey, you lazy person, you sluggard, how long are you going to be asleep? How long are you just going to lie there and do nothing? Then here, the next verse, there's a response given from the sluggard. Oh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So Psalmist is saying, hey, lazy person, when are you going to get up and start working? And here you can even hear the response of, oh, uh, just, I'm just going to take a little break, uh, a little sleep, just a little nap, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, which is maybe better translated to the arms. Like, oh, I'm just going to rest my arms and take a nap right here. I'm just going to, I need another break. You hear the lazy person cry out. He says, hey, watch out for doing that because guess what? Poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Say, so, hey, there's consequences for habitual laziness. And we need to learn from the hardworking ants because desperation and disaster come from living a lazy life, from not being hard workers. And as you go back to school, there's an added thing on your plate. There's added tasks for you to do. And maybe you look back at your life this summer and you say, yeah, I was a lazy person. Well, now, moving in the fall, how can you be someone who's a hard worker? Or maybe you can look back at your summertime, yeah, I didn't just waste it. I wasn't just watching YouTube videos all day. I didn't just watch TV show after TV show. I didn't spend hours just texting different people. No, I was a hard worker. Well, Excel still more. Let's learn from the example of the ant. Step one of learning from the ant, we'll put this as point number one. We need to learn to be disciplined. Learn to be disciplined. It's characteristic of the ant. Verses six to eight of this passage give us the attributes of the ant, why he was a hard worker, and what ants do that we should copy. Verses nine to 11 are a warning against, hey, this is maybe some laziness that might be prevalent in your life that you need to stop doing. So first, what is the things that the ant does that we should learn from? Well, we need to learn to be disciplined. Be disciplined. What is discipline? Discipline is learning good at telling yourself no. Oh, I feel like doing this. No. 
Oh, I feel like just sitting on the couch all day. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, but I feel like doing it. Don't do it. I, I feel like eating this thing. No. Discipline, which is hits kind of a bunch of different areas of life. We're talking specifically about laziness and telling ourselves no in that aspect, but discipline's a wide range of things. Just telling yourself no in all different kinds of areas. We need to learn that quality. Do you just do whatever you feel like doing? Do your feelings dictate what you do, your actions? Or do you, are you willing to say, oh yeah, I feel like doing this, but guess what? I feel like sitting on the couch, but guess what? I'm gonna say no and I'm gonna work hard instead. We need to learn how to be disciplined. Maybe you think of discipline, and there's a lot of people that are disciplined, and a lot of people that I think of that are disciplined are professional athletes. People at the peak of their performance, working hard, doing the workouts in the morning, um, and I mean, at the height of athletics are the Olympics, the Olympics. And I don't know if you knew this, but all the athletes, when they go to the Olympics, they all stay in like the same area. It's called the Olympic Village. So you like to just walk down the street, Olympic Village, well, we wouldn't have access to that. Um, <laughs> that'd be kind of weird. But all these athletes just roaming around Olympic Village are sleeping in like kind of hotel type things together. They eat meals. You can walk past, oh, look at there's the Japan bobsled team or like there's the team South Africa, like the running team. I guess those are two different Olympics, so they wouldn't be at the same one. But all the athletes are there at Olympic Village. And do you know what a lot of the athletes' favorite part is about the Olympic Village? It's the McDonald's that's there. Believe it or not, at Olympic Village, where these high-level professional athletes are, they also have a McDonald's. <laughs> I forget if there's one or two from when I looked it up. They got a McDonald's there. And guess what? The line at McDonald's, you think it'd be short. It's long from, what, from the research I've done. It sometimes will take 30 minutes to get through the line at McDonald's because there's so many professional athletes in line to eat at McDonald's. Allegedly, there was a year that Usain Bolt ate like 50 to 100 chicken nuggets every day. I don't know if that's true, but um, that's probably not true because um, he's like peak performer. But it's like, wow, these athletes just letting themselves go. I guess it kind of makes sense because some of them, like, they really don't have a chance at winning and some of them go, come from countries where they don't have McDonald's, so it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to win, and I never have access to McDonald's, so guess what I'm going to do? Every day I'm going to eat free McDonald's because it's free to them. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to gorge out. Well, imagine you're not one of those people, but you have a chance. You're trying to actually win. <laughs> you're not just there for the free food. You're like, no, I've got a race tomorrow, and you're part of the 100-meter dash. And tomorrow you're going to line up there for the gold medal race. Final eight, you made it. I want to get up there on the podium, first, second, or third. I want to walk away with a medal. But it's the night before, and you're walking to your hotel room to get some night's rest, you know, because you want to get good rest before the race in the morning. And right as you're walking past, you see, you see the McDonald's over there. And you smell the best French fries in the world. Mmm, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, those, mmm. I'll be honest, I, I like me some McAdee's. It's like, oh, you, you smell the, the McNuggets. Mmm, they taste so good. Uh, uh, that's just me. I know, don't tell me what's in them. I don't want to know, but they taste good. It's like, oh, yeah, the McNuggets. Oh, they got the ice cream in the machine that doesn't work. But it's like, now oh, you just smell the food. It's like, mmm, I kind of want some McDonald's. <laughs> in that moment, you've got to race in the morning. You've got to be able to tell yourself, oh, man, I want some McDonald's. I've been eating a strict diet all this time. But guess what? I'm going to tell myself no because I know it's not good for me. 
It's not going to help me in the race tomorrow. It's actually going to hurt me in the race tomorrow. Even just that one hundredth of a second slower could impact me getting first place, second place, third place. So I'm going to tell myself no. Athletes have to learn that act of discipline, telling themselves no. Well, in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul makes a comparison of the Christian life and athletes and the discipline that both need to have. And he brings it together in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. It says this, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. It's like, hey, runners run in a race. And guess what? They're trying to win the race. Just like Christians is characterized of the Christian life. Hey, you should run the Christian life well. Christian life, which is characteristic of a race, you should try to do well. Pursue it. Do excellently. Guess what? Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They tell themselves no. How do athletes exercise self-control? By waking up at 3 a.m. to go on a run by not eating junk food late at night when they feel like doing it, by having these regiments and these things in place to tell themselves no for the purpose of winning the race. Athletes exercise self-control. It goes on, it says, they do it, why do they do it? To receive a perishable wreath, to win a gold medal, to win a silver medal, to win a bronze medal. It's like, that's cool, that's awesome, but it's like, that's it? You tell yourself no for four years, eight years, Oftentimes more, 12 years, 16 years, regiment, what, what, to win what? A, a gold medal. Fantastic. They do it to win an imperishable wreath, but we believers run the Christian life to win what? Something that is imperishable, rewards in heaven. He says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Saying, hey, I need to learn, like the athlete, to discipline my body, to say no to myself. I've got a temptation to do something that I know I shouldn't do. I need to tell myself no. Specifically when it comes to laziness, we need to learn to tell ourselves no when we just want to relax. We just want to veg out. And there are two principles here in Proverbs chapter 6 of how to be disciplined. How to be disciplined. The first one comes from the section, look back at Proverbs 6, says, Go to the ant, O slugger, consider her ways and be wise. Then it says, without having any chief, officer, or ruler. Think about it. The baby ants don't get up, and the mama ants say, hey, baby ants, go get some food. Hey, baby ant, go, go make sure you've got enough food. It's like, it's not how it works. Just get up. I don't even know. Do ants sleep? I don't even know. It's like, they just get up and go. Like, it feels like they're always going. We have some ants that are, I guess I haven't told you this yet, Noah. Uh, we got some ants coming out of the, the shower in, in the bed, that, or in the, the place that, that I'm staying. It's like some ants come out of the shower. It's like, man, they like, they like never sleep. Like I clean them up. I like kill them in the morning. Then I get them. And it's like, there's some more ants. It's like, what's going on? It's like, they never sleep. They're just out going around. And there's not someone in charge saying, ant, do your work. They do it without having to be told. One way to be disciplined, sub point A, I put it this way, do work without being reminded. Do work without being reminded. How many of us need the reminder to do work? Hey, Luke, did you take out the trash? Hey, Luke, did you take out the trash? Hey, Luke, did you, did you take out the trash? Hey, Abby, did you make your bed? A Abby, did you make your bed? Hey, hey, hey Abby, did you make your bed? Paxton, did you do your chores yet? Did you do them? Pa Paxton, did you do your chores? Ben, Ben, did you do your chores? Did you do them? Madison, did you do your homework yet? It's getting late. Did you do your homework yet? Do you, 
How many of us need that nagging on us over and over and over again? And guess what? We make our parents and our teachers the bad guys, our small group leaders the bad guys by reminding us because we lack the discipline to do it ourselves. Oh, my mom's always nagging me about doing this. Well, guess what? If you were disciplined to do it, you wouldn't need the reminder. You would just do it and be done. And your dad wouldn't have to say, hey, did you take out the trash yet? Did you take out the trash yet? He'd be done. If we want to learn to be disciplined, can we do work without being reminded? The innate inside of ourselves saying, yeah, I'm going to get it done. Do you think Elon Musk needs the reminder in the morning to go do to work? No. He just gets up and he goes to work. <laughs> do you think Tom Brady needs the reminder, hey, you should probably like do some workout and you should probably like practice throwing the football? It's like, no. He just wakes up and he does it. He's on vacation, jumping off boat. It's like, he's just working out. You think Mr. Beast needs reminders? Like, hey, you should make another video. Hey, you should make another video. Hey, you should, you should get some more. No, he just wakes up and that's what he does. Well, how can these people do work without needing to be reminded? Well, first off, they see the benefit that work is. They see the good that comes from being a hard worker. There's a lot of benefits that come from work. Proverbs 12, 24 says, the hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. So the diligent person, the hard worker, guess what? That's the one that's in charge. Those are the people running companies, the go-getters, the entrepreneurs, the trying different things, thinking of different creative things to do, working hard. Well, guess what? The lazy person, they need a boss over them because guess what? They don't get up and do work. They need someone to say, hey, here's the deadline. Get this done. You have until here. Yeah, you got you to do this. Yeah, to turn your homework in. You need those reminders. Proverbs 12, 11 says, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Say, hey, you're a hard worker. Guess what? You're going to understand the benefit of work because guess what? You're going to have bread. It's funny that bread today correlates to to money in slang terms. It's like, yeah, get your bread. No, like, make some money. Um, maybe not just talking about excess money, but you're going to have sufficient things. You're not going to be, man, I, I don't have any food today to eat. No, if you're a hard worker, guess what? You're, you're not going to have the, maybe the nicest things, but guess what? You're going to have enough to survive. That's what we need. But if you go after, second part of Proverbs 12, 11, if you follow worthless pursuits, guess what you do? You lack sense. You're stupid. Nathan translation. Like, you go after things that don't matter, you're wasting your time. What are we doing? Are we filling our lives with hard work, things that matter? Are we going after worthless pursuits? How can we work hard without being reminded? First, we need to remember the benefit of work. Second, we need to experience the joy that work brings. Let me give you an example. I remember when I was younger, hiking Half Dome at Yosemite with my dad. So we said, okay, we're going to try to hike Half Dome. And so we wake up at 4 a.m., I remember. Sun's not even out. Super pitch black. We got these little lights on our, on our heads. Like, we're going to hike to the top of Half Dome. We start going, and like no one else is out there because it's like, who's crazy enough to start at 4 a.m.? Just us. Um, so we're going up there, get to the top of half dome. It takes, we get to the top of it about like noonish. So eight hours to get up to the top. 
Then we're super tired. I don't even remember how many miles it was. And then we make our way back down. And by the end of the day, I'm just wiped. I'm like tired. Like I don't want to take another step. I'm just super tired. Now I remember getting into my sleeping bag at the end of that day and putting my head on the pillow and being like, well, first, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but second, it was like, that, that was a good day. That was a, was a worthwhile day. Well, I did something. I just hiked to the top of this mountain thing. That was cool. I, I did something important. I did something, value, like, that was worthwhile. And that sense of, like, yeah, accomplishment, that sense of, wow, that work was good. I'm tired, but it was good. I've had other days where, oh, I'm going to sleep in, sleep until 11 a.m. Oh, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm going to sleep in. Wake up around 11, say, oh, man, well, I guess I don't really have anything to do. So, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to watch some sports highlights. You know, football season's coming back, so maybe it's a Monday after football on the weekend. It's like, I'm going to watch some sports highlights. 12, 1, 2, it's 3 o'clock. I've been watching sports highlights. It's like, oh, I guess I forgot to eat, so I guess I should, should eat now. I eat, eat, eat a meal, eat dinner and lunch together, like 4 o'clock, and then, oh, man, football. There's a football game on Monday at 5. So then I watch a football game, and it ends up like 8, 9. And it's like, all right, well, I guess it's time to go to bed. And I lay in my bed, and I put my head on my pillow, and I'm thinking two things. First, once again, I'm thinking I'm tired. Man, I'm tired. But second, it's like, I'm tired because I, I didn't do anything today. What did I do? I watched sports highlights. I slept. I ate. And I watch more football. <laughs> what did I just do with my day? And it's very different than the days where it's like, man, that was a day of accomplishment. I did something. And those days that I'm sure you've experienced both of them before was like, what did I even do? I just wasted this whole day. See, you know that joy and that fulfillment that comes when you have the first day, the first type of day, the one where you do something, you do something productive and you can sleep at night and say, man, that was a, that was a, valuable day. Once you've experienced the joy of hard work, maybe some of you guys haven't even experienced that, but I trust that in some ways you have. That's what pushes you to do work without being reminded. Man, I want, I want to experience that. It's rewarding here. It's also rewarding later. Colossians 3.23 says that we work for the Lord, not only for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Say, so, hey, there's heavenly rewards coming if you're a hard worker. So if we want to be disciplined, do work without being reminded. Second, back in Proverbs 6, it says, The ant, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Well, why, does the ant, why do the ants do that? Because guess what? If you wait, don't collect any food in summertime. Don't collect any food in the harvest time. When it's wintertime, and guess what? Food is scarce. Guess what? You're not going to have no food. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. So the ant knows, okay, this is the time during the summertime when I need to get my food. I need to store up, get ready for when there's not as much food. Knows when the right time is to work and when the right time is to take a break. So point B, we need to know when to work and when to rest. If we want to learn to be disciplined, first, let's do work without being reminded. And second, okay, when is the right time to work and when is the right time to rest? Work and rest are both good things. Work is what we were made to do. Genesis 2.15 says, God took man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Why was Adam put in the garden? To do work. 
We always think that that was like an afterfall thing. Like, oh yeah, they sinned against God, so God said, okay, now you gotta work. <laughs> like, oh. No, work was established before the fall. Work is gonna be something that we do in heaven. It's a good thing. But guess what? Rest is also a good thing. In Genesis 2, 1 to 2, it says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. So after six days of creation, it says they're all finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So if rest was a bad thing, why was God doing it? Clearly rest is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Did, was God tired after creating? It's like, man, yeah, dude, the heavens and the earth, that was, that was really tiring. I just need a day of rest. No, he didn't need it. It was an example for us, a pattern for us to follow that, hey, work is a good thing, rest is a good thing, but even in Genesis 2, 1 to 2, we see the correct order of rest and work. That work is to come first and then rest after. Do the things that you're supposed to get done, the profitable things, then guess what? You can take a break after that. Work, then rest, then rest to work some more. The purpose of rest is to work some more. Oftentimes we think the purpose of work is, okay, I do this hard work so then I can rest, when rather it's flip that. The purpose of rest, oh, I need to take a break. Why? So then I can go and do some more work. And then when I'm tired, I'll take a break. Why do I take the break? To work some more. We need to flip that whole understanding in our mind. The purpose of rest is to work, not work to rest. Even the order. We like to rest first and then work. We come home from school and we say, oh, I'm just going to take a nap and I'll do my homework later. I'll get it done later. I'll do my chores tonight or maybe tomorrow. It's like, no, how about we work first and then we rest after? That's the biblical pattern put in place. We need to be more disciplined to do those things, not need the reminders. Work first, then rest. But guess what? We don't feel like it. We're lazy. We want to just relax. Yeah, just want to sit back like at the beach and put my feet up and have people serve me drinks all day and just, you know, I get those smoothies and drinking them. Like, yeah, Uber Eats, deliver it to me. It's like well, all these things because we're so lazy because we need people to deliver us. Like the whole drive-through, it's like, oh yeah, because we don't want to get out of our cars. Like you see it at In-N-Out too. It's like there's the big line at In-N-Out, but guess what? Oh no, I could go inside and quickly get in line and get my food faster, but no, I don't want to get out of my car. So I'm just going to wait in the 30-minute line at In-N-Out. It's like we're naturally lazy people. Well, we know what we need to do. We need to examine our hearts for laziness and put an end to it. Point number two, we need to stop lazy tendencies. We need to stop it. Examine our hearts. Stop saying, oh, I'm hard worker than this, hard worker than this person. Oh yeah, I'm more hard worker than this person. No, what, what, what are the aspects that we're lazy? In what ways are we lazy? Maybe you're hard working when it comes to sports, but when it comes to homework, you're lazy. Maybe you're really studious at school, but when it comes to your chores, you don't care. Maybe when it comes to chores, you do it right away. But if you have to practice an instrument, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. In what ways are we lazy? And do we need to put out laziness from our lives? Three quick tendencies in our life that we need to watch out for in Proverbs 6, 9 through 11. Let's look back at it. Proverbs 6, 9 says, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Once again, can you picture this happening? Can you picture the writer here seeing some person laying there, some lazy person on the bed, saying, hey, hey, Josh, how long are you going to lie there, sluggard? Like, Josh there sleeping on the bed. 
Like, hey, Brandon, sluggard, how long are you going to stay asleep? Like, hey, Odessa, when are you going to wake up? Hey, wake up. Come on. Like, can you, can you picture this happening? The, the, the writer saying, hey, lazy person, when are you going to get up? Well, why does the writer need to do that? Because what's characteristic of a lazy person is they love sleep. We need to not love sleep. Subpoint A, don't love sleep. Don't love it. Remember the purpose of sleep. Physical rest. It's to give us strength to go back and do work. It's the purpose of it. Proverbs 20, 13, 20, verse 13 says, love not sleep. It says it right there. Don't love it. Why? Lest you come to poverty, open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. Are we people that crave, love it? Once again, I want to make a distinction, too, between desiring sleep after a good, hard day's work. Yeah, if you are diligent and you're like, man, yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, going to bed. But do you love rest, sleep, just to sleep? Yeah, I just can't wait to sleep. This might be a temptation if it's not for you now as you get older. Just to say, I'm going to take today and I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just going to sleep. Just rest. Does, does your mom have to wake you up in the morning? Yeah, get up out of bed. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, five, five minutes. Hey, get out of bed, Dane. One more minute. Get, come on, get out of bed. Oh, no, I just want to sleep. Give me my sleep. Um, do we love sleep? We need to watch out for that. Because that's what there's consequences come when we just love it. All about it. Can't wait to sleep. In heaven, it doesn't even seem like there is going to be sleep because we're not going to get tired. We're just going to keep on going. We're able to serve God joyfully with excitement and energy forevermore. It's a good thing. Don't love sleep. Next, back in Proverbs 6, it says, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Then here, the sluggard responds, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. You see the, the reply, oh, just, just a little bit, just a little break. No, I, I can't get up right now. Just need a little bit more. Put it this way, for subpoint B, don't make excuses. Don't make excuses not to work. It's the excuses that the lazy person's giving. Oh, I just need a little bit of break. I need a little bit of rest. Just a little bit. Do you really need a little bit of rest or is that an excuse? Proverbs 26, verses 13 to 15, talk about maybe some excuses that lazy people give so why they don't have to work. And I remember the first time I came across this verse, I was like, it's, it's kind of a funny verse if you read it. Proverbs 26, 13, the sluggard, the lazy person says this, there is a lion in the road. There is a lion in the streets. It's like, what? Like, why is a lazy person saying that there's like a lion in the road? Picture this lazy person doesn't want to go to work. And so they want to stay in their house and not go to work. So guess what? They're like, I can't go to work because there's a, there's a, there's a lion in the streets. It's like, really? Is there, is there really a lion in the streets? Like, are you just saying that? That's like your parents being like, hey, you need to take out the trash. It's like, I can't take out the trash outside because there's a lion in the streets. It's like, I can't do that. Like, hey, Ben, you need to go clean the bathroom. There's an alligator in the bathtub. Like, I can't clean the bathroom. There's an alligator in there. It's like, okay, really? Like, calm down. I, I, it doesn't seem like that's actually going to happen. Like, 
watch, now there's going to be something this week where kid gets attacked by a lion taking out the trash. And be like, see, Nathan, there is a lion in the streets. It's like, <laughs> I guess maybe if you live in Florida, maybe there's an alligator in the streets. Uh, but probably not. Or if you live in Africa, maybe there is a lion in the streets. I don't know. But it's the idea of making excuses why you don't want to work. What are the excuses that we give? So oh, I don't want to work. Proverbs 26 goes on and says, as a door hinges or as a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. Once again, hearkening back to sleep. You know, doors open, close, and they just go like this, back and forth, back and forth. Saying that's the exact same person as a exact same thing as a lazy person just rolling back and forth in his bed. They won't get out of bed. You want to know how lazy a lazy person is? Why they make excuses why they don't want to work? It says the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and it wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. Lazy person, so lazy, they're not even going to get a utensil to eat their meal. They're just going to say, oh, yeah, here's some cereal. (laughs) And guess what? They're so lazy, they don't even want to do this, to eat it. It's like, man, this person is lazy. What is going on? What are the excuses that we give why we don't want to work? One of the biggest excuses I think we give is, I'm tired. I need rest. I can't do my DBR in the morning because I wake up and guess what? I'm tired. Your small group leader getting on you. You do your flip grid. You need to do the DBR. I'm, I'm tired. I, I can't do it. I'm just too tired. I need a break. Yesterday was a long day. We use that. Is that an actual reason? Because there is time to take rest, but most of the time I think it's probably an excuse. Because guess what? That same day that you would say, I can't do my DBR right now because I'm too tired. I only got five hours of sleep. Well, what if in the morning, your friends said, hey, tomorrow, when you wake up in the morning, we want to go to Disneyland. But guess what? You're going to have to wake up at six to go to Disneyland. I don't think your response is going to be like, mom, just tell them I'm too tired. (laughs) I can't skip school to go to Disneyland. Like, I got to sleep in. Like, you're not going to say that. You're going to be like, dude, Disneyland? Sure. 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 4? Like, what time are we going? I want to go to Disneyland. You're not going to be like, I'm too tired. But guess what? When it comes to worthwhile things, Satan wants us to come up with the excuses of like, I'm too tired to do my DBR. I'm too tired to do my homework. I'm too tired to do my chores. Are you quick to make those excuses? Maybe another excuse. Well, I don't like to work. Welcome to humanity. (laughs) It's not something we naturally are inclined to do, but guess it's a good thing and we need to learn how to do it. Others of you, your excuse is always trying to find the shortcut to not work hard. Oh, there's got to be a loophole. There's got to be an easy way out of it. I'm smarter than this. I can find a shortcut. Oh, yeah, everyone else is going to do the homework this way. It takes a while. Guess what? I'm going to find the shortcut to do it in like 20 minutes. Always find the shortcut. Guess what? Yeah, we should use our time well, but if you're always trying to find the loophole, that's not you being industrious. That's actually you being lazy always trying to find the shortcut out of things. It shows a heart not of creativity, but a heart of not being willing to work because you can find all the loopholes you want, but at the end of the day, if you want to be the person that God wants you to be, you need to put in hard work. It's a good thing for us to do. Maybe another excuse that you say is, my work isn't important. It's not very valuable. I mean, okay, I'm going to start working hard in high school and college on school because like that's when grades matter. Like yeah, did junior high grades matter? It's like uh, like I don't. 
I guess not really. Like, yeah, it's not going to keep me out of college because I got a C in a class at junior high. Like, okay, I'll try in high school. I'll try in college. I don't think that excuse is going to fly when we're standing before the Lord on Judgment Day. When you're standing before him, and as we talked about in our fact check series, when we're naked and exposed before the Lord, he sees everything that we do. It's like, well, why were you lazy with your schoolwork? Oh, well, well, God, like, it doesn't really matter yet. Like, it, like it, grades don't even matter until, like, high school and college. I don't think God's going to reply, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, who cares that you were lazy in junior high with your schoolwork? It's not going to happen. He's going to say, hey, I gave you a task to do. Yeah, it might not be as important as maybe someone whose job is on the line if they aren't lazy, but guess what? This is the lot I've given to you. What did you do with it? It's like the parable of the talents, giving different talents to different amounts of people, and some of the people use the talents well, and they multiply them, and they are beneficial, and they work hard, and guess what? Some people, the person with one talent, guess what? Was lazy, didn't put into work. No matter how big or how small in your mind your tasks are, they matter to God, so they should matter to you. Do you care about it? Everyone in this room has different tasks. Your job and the things in your life are going to be different than yours. The things that your parents expect you to do for chores are going to be different from yours. And rather than being like, oh, well, that's not fair. They have to do this. They have to do that. Oh, my work doesn't matter. It's not very important. You need to say, no, this is what God wants me to do by nature of the authority telling me, parents, teachers saying, this is my task. I need to treasure it, value it, not make excuses to be lazy, but be a hard worker. Probably the excuse that we use all the time, I know I'm guilty of this one so much, is I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got that homework assignment. Yeah, I'll do it later. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Five minutes. Give me five minutes. We just push it off. Subpoint C, we need to not procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. What are the lazy tendencies in your life? Do you love sleep? Do you make excuses? Do you procrastinate? Look back at verse 11. The sluggard who's lazy says, oh, I just need a little sleep. I need a little slumber. I'll do it another time. Guess what? Watch out for pushing it off because it says poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. When do robbers come and try to go to people's houses and take stuff? Do robbers say, dear and cozy, on August 14th, I'm going to rob your house. Sincerely, Thief Nathan. Send him a letter. Oh, you know what? I'm going to write an email. Jose, just to let you know, I hope it doesn't go in conflict with your schedule, but I'm going to steal your stuff on this day. Have a good day. Sincerely, Nathan. Like, they don't do that. They don't warn you. They don't say, hey, I'm coming this time, and I'm going to shoot you a quick text. It's when you're not expecting it. It's when you're, you're thinking, oh, man, uh, it's okay. I can still be lazy. I can be lazy. Maybe I'll be hardworking tomorrow. Pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off, and guess what? Consequences come when you don't expect it. Poverty will come upon you like a robber, once like an armed man. Poverty here isn't necessarily meaning someone that is poor, I want to make that clear. Us in this room, our families have different amounts of things. And guess what? You can be someone 
And your parents can be people that don't have very much. That doesn't necessarily mean they're lazy. Or you can be someone who has a lot of things and that doesn't necessarily mean you are a hard worker. What poverty is oftentimes used in Proverbs chapter 6 and elsewhere in Proverbs, uh, the idea of poverty meaning you can't even supply basic necessities to yourself. Like you can't even have a meal in the morning because guess what? You're too lazy to go out and like do anything to get food. I don't think that's characteristic of a lot of the families in here who, yeah, you might not have the most things, but guess what? You have the things that you need. That's, what's, that's what matters. That's what, what's important. But guess what? The lazy person doesn't even have what they need, can't even have another meal because they're not willing to work. Say, I'll do it later. Do you procrastinate? Do you push it off to later? How many of you guys have said, okay, I've got homework to do. I'll do it in five minutes. I'm just going to watch this one YouTube video. Anybody? Just me and three of you guys. Perfect. Now, a couple of you guys, all the leaders are like, I've definitely done this. And then the greatest and the worst thing about YouTube is that recommended, <laughs> suggested videos right there on the side. Oh, man, that video seems kind of cool. Click. Oh, man, Mr. Beast came out with another video. Click. Oh, man, Ross Creation. Click. Oh, man, uh, just following all these bunny trails down. It's like you look at your watches, or I guess you don't have watches. You look at your phone, and you're like, man, how's it been an hour already? 30 minutes? Man. Where did the time go? <laughs> Watching YouTube videos. That's where the time went. It's like, just pushing it off. And guess what? You had a homework assignment that's due that day. It's due later at night. And guess what? You just spent an hour watching YouTube. And now it's like, okay, man, now, now I just need to cram it in. And now you're stressed and you're anxious and you're worried. Am I going to get in on time? And you're scrambling just to get the homework assignment. And boom, you turn it at 11.59, just right on the dot to squeeze in before the midnight deadline. You college students know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the leaders. Um, you guys probably have to turn it in in person um, the next day so you may have a little bit more time. But you know that feeling. Man, what did I just do? I pushed it off. Guess what? There were consequences that came as a result. Don't push off work until later. Don't even wait until you're older to start working. Oh, I'll do it later. No. Learn to be a hard worker now. Figure out what are the things that God has entrusted me with to work hard in. School. Everyone in this room can write down school as a thing that God wants them to work hard in. Chores. I hope your parents give you chores. I hope so. If not, ask your parents for chores. <laughs> You're like, what in the world? <laughs> Nathan's crazy. Um, ask him for it. It's going to teach you to be a hard worker. School, chores. How many of you guys play sports? Need to practice? How many of you guys play an instrument? Take lessons? Need to practice that? What has God entrusted me with? And how can I put a plan into place so that I am a hard worker? I think a lot of the reason why we're not lazy is because we don't structure enough. Saying, okay, this is when I'm going to get this done. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to take a break, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take a break. The book on the back of your worksheet is a helpful practical tool that maybe is something that you want to get, a way to be more productive with your time, a way to not be lazy, but to be more scheduled so that you work first, then you rest, and you use your time well. I remember this was challenged to me once was, hey, if you think you're a hard worker, keep a log of how you spend your time. Like, 
Maybe this week, you keep track of every, how you spend every minute. So you wake up, say, okay, whatever time, wake up. Say it's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, wake up. Okay, 7.05, take a shower. 7.15, get dressed. 7.30, eat breakfast. 7.45, go to the bathroom. 9 o'clock, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> 8 o'clock, do my DVR. 8.30, keep track of every single thing. 8.30, drive to school. Not a, keep track of that for a week. Then put some categories down. How much do I spend sleeping? It's a lot more than you think. How much did I spend at school? How much did I spend on my phone? I think if you did that, you might be shocked. I remember I was the first time I did that. Shocked how much time I was wasting. Five minutes here looking at my phone. Five minutes there looking at my phone. 15 minutes over here watching a video. 15 minutes over here scrolling through social media. It's like, man, I mean, screen time. What does your screen time come out to be? And yeah, you can use your phones for good things, but break down, what, what, what are you doing on your, your devices? Video games, TikTok, you're wasting your time with all these things. Or are you using them well? We need to take laziness more seriously. Imagine if your parents were like, okay, we're going to take your laziness very seriously. You know what we're going to do? When you get home from school, we're not going to let you eat dinner until you have your chores done, you have all your homework done, um, you've practiced your instrument, and you've practiced your sport. We're not going to let you eat dinner until then. Snap, really, mom and dad? Like, <laughs> is that like child abuse? Like, is that even legal? Like, <laughs> not gonna let you eat? Like, okay, and then you're like, work hard, and like, you don't, you don't, like, you still have more work to get done. It's like 10 o'clock, and you're like, oh, I, I guess I can't get it done. I guess I'll, I'll work on it tomorrow. And you go up for breakfast, and your parents are like, is it done yet? Like, no, I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I was watching, uh, I didn't do it. Oh, well, guess what? You can't have breakfast either. You can't eat until you get your stuff done. You'd be like, man, that's intense. That's scary. Well, guess what? 2 Corinthians 3.10 through 12, it says this. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Whoa. I know that's different than working hard and just not getting something done. But if you're the person who is not willing to work, Ah, I just want to sit on the couch. Guess what? You don't deserve to eat lunch. You don't. Don't deserve to eat dinner if you're not a hard worker. Breakfast, scratch it off. If we're not willing to work. We shouldn't take part of the benefits of work, which is being able to get food. And I know if you're a lazy person, you're still going to have food in the morning because guess what? Your parents are the ones that provide for you. But someday it's going to come on you. you know, you're going to be a lazy person and have poverty come upon you, not being able to provide basic necessities, or are you going to be a diligent hard worker and take it seriously? Maybe learn from the ant. Maybe we be ants this week when it comes to our discipline, when it comes to our diligence, when it comes to being a hard worker and not doing these lazy tendencies that are prevalent in so many of our lives. Let's do that this week. Let's pray. Yes, Lord, we confess to you that we are not as hardworking as we think we are. 
that there are so many aspects of our life where we slack off, where we procrastinate, where we make excuses, where we rather rest and sleep than do the tasks that you have given to us. God, we confess and we repent of that laziness. That if the summer was a summer of laziness, God, change us and make this fall different. This week, help us to be hard workers. Be people who don't push off the hard work, but cherish it, value it, see the benefit that comes from it, and also the joy that it is, an accomplishment and heavenly rewards that come as a result of working hard. Help us to do our work, not merely to please people, but ultimately to please you and to be honoring in your sight. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.